I want, I want, I want me, 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 mine, 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 now, now, now. You know you're responsible for what you hear. You know you're responsible for what you hear. Welcome to Thoughts from a Hairy Head, the weekly podcast where I talk about, well, whatever happens to be bouncing around inside my head at the moment, but mostly focusing on constitutional issues and political decentralization. This is episode 88 of Thoughts from a Hairy Head, and I appreciate you tuning in. This week, I'm going to talk about the outrage culture. Last week has given us three vivid examples of what I'm calling the outrage culture. This is a phenomenon that is driven largely by social media. It goes like this. Something terrible happens. The news spreads like wildfire on Facebook and Twitter and other social media platforms. There's widespread outrage and everybody demands action. We've got to do something. Now, occasionally, some brave soul will challenge the outrage. You know, they'll say something like, well, hey, hey, wait, what about dot, dot, dot? And they'll come up with some reason that maybe the outrage is misplaced or maybe the situation is being misunderstood. Believe me, this is a dangerous game to play. If you challenge the outrage, you are liable to find that outrage pointed at you. And of course, all of this is magnified if there happens to be video of the outrageous event. Take this United Airlines fiasco, for example. I'm sure everybody's heard about it. A passenger was drug off a United Airlines flight uh, when the uh, airline had to make room for four crew members who needed to go to Louisville. They ended up having to call security. They drug the dude off. He got bloodied. And United Airlines has been pummeled by the outrage. I mean, their stock has dropped. People are talking about boycotts. I mean, talk about a public relations nightmare. I would not want to be a United Airlines marketing or social media person right now. When that video came out, the outrage was swift, and it was consuming, and it was intense. But here's the thing. I'm one of those people that actually challenged the outrage on this. I posted on my Facebook page some reasons that maybe the passenger had a little bit of responsibility in all of this. And boy, I heard it. There was like 65 or 70 comments on that thread. I mean, I never get that many comments on, on anything. But here's the thing. I worked in the airline industry, and I could see behind the behind the video, you know, behind the scenes, some things that were going on that people weren't taking into consideration. You know, for instance, people got even more outraged when they found out that the uh, the reason that they were bumping these people from the flight uh, was because it was uh, employees, it was crew. But here's the thing. 
that crew was needed in Louisville in order to take another aircraft out to avoid canceling an entire other flight. So in the mind of United, I mean, if you just stop and think about it for a second, if you're United, you're going to sacrifice the convenience of four passengers in order to facilitate, you know, 50 or 100 or 150 passengers down line that are going to be inconvenienced if this crew doesn't get there. Now, people say, well, they should have planned ahead. Well, you have no earthly idea why that crew was necessary. I know for a fact that Louisville is not a crew station, so there aren't crews in Louisville. So probably what happened is that the crew that had flown in on a given flight had timed out. And that could happen because of weather. Uh, It could have happened because of a mechanical issue or air traffic control. Who knows? But the FAA only allows flight crews to work a certain number of hours in a row. And after that, they time out. If they time out, they can't fly. So I'm almost certain that's why this crew had to be moved from Chicago to Louisville. It was necessity. I mean, they didn't really have any choice in the matter. Then there's the issue of the fact that when you buy an airline ticket, you are agreeing that you could be bumped off of the flight. Now, when I tried to explain this, some people said, well, Mike, it's denied boarding. They were already on the flight. Look, you do not have an unmitigated right to an airline seat. You can be bumped at any point up until departure. It's not just boarding. And I can make it, I can give you a real life example to prove this point. All aircraft have a maximum takeoff weight, and this doesn't usually make a difference in large uh, jets, but in these smaller regional jets, you can actually get into situations where the aircraft is too heavy to take off. So before every flight, the pilots do what is called a weight and balance analysis. They take the number of bags, they take the number of passengers, they take the uh, amount of fuel, and they calculate the, the approximate weight of the aircraft. Well, let's say, for instance, a, a plane is fully loaded, everybody's on board, and the pilot gets word that there are thunderstorms in the flight path, and he's going to have to fly around them. That means he's going to have to put more fuel on the airplane. Well, he does his weight and balance, and he determines that, uh-oh, I'm going to be overweight. I'm going to have to take two passengers off of the plane in order for it to take off. Now, what's the airline going to do? They're going to go through the denied boarding procedures to determine who is going to give up their seats on that airplane. Again, you do not have an unmitigated right to an airplane seat. So I'm saying all of this not really to defend United because there are certainly many things that could have been done differently. I'm not justifying the force that was used on the guy. I'm merely saying that maybe, just maybe, the outrage is a little bit misplaced. And maybe you're outraged without knowing all the facts. And that, my friends, is the key to all of this. The outrage culture encourages people to react to things without knowing the actual facts. And that can be very, very dangerous. When people are outraged, they tend to suspend critical thought. I'll give you another example. Trump Press Secretary Sean Spicer got himself into hot water when he was talking about the gas attack in Syria. And he said Adolf Hitler didn't even sink to using chemical weapons during World War II. Oh my gosh, there was outrage. Social media exploded. You know, he was called anti-Semitic and a Holocaust denier. And clearly, you know, that's not the case. The guy was obviously talking about uh, the use of chemical weapons in combat. And it is true that the Nazis never used chemical weapons in battle. Uh, He misspoke. 
it was a dumb misspeak and, you know, certainly a fail as far as a press secretary goes. But, you know, it didn't deserve the level of outrage that people hung on it, particularly those opposed to the Trump administration. Again, the outrage suspends rational thought. People can't step back and just say, you know what? Guy said something dumb, but don't read into it more nefarious uh, motives than were actually there. So we have this outrage culture, and like I said, this can be very detrimental because of the fact that it tends to suspend rational thought. Now, in the case of Spicer, well, you know, poor dude just needs some more Maalox. But in the case of United Airlines, the outrage did serious damage to their business. And, you know, we can debate whether it's justified or not, but the reality is I don't think most people who have an opinion on United Airlines knows anything about what it's like to work in an airline or really any of the actual details of the incident. They're reacting to what they saw on the video. And where this becomes particularly dangerous is when it comes to things like foreign policy. And we saw that with the U.S. launching cruise missiles at Syria after this uh, sarin gas attack. We have no proof that the Syrian government actually launched the attack. In fact, if you stop and think about it, it seems highly unlikely that Assad, who was actually in a pretty good political position up to that point, would intentionally gas people knowing what the reaction would be. And yet everybody saw the video and there was moral outrage. People insisted America has to do something. So Americans cheered as their president launched an unconstitutional military strike against another sovereign government. When the outrage culture drives things like foreign policy, it is not going to end well. Well, that's it for this episode of Thoughts from a Hairy Head. We're another 10 minutes closer to freedom. I really appreciate you listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, do me a favor and spread the word. And feel free to send me any thoughts or ideas at michael.mahary at 10th Amendment Center.com. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, please head over to iTunes. You can do it for free. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.